This episode is sponsored by the ALW Communications Agency. Visit www.alwagency.com for all your communications needs. This is The Dreamers Podcast, episode 90 with Latasha Peterson, founder of Arts and Budget. Today is October 4th, 2022. I said, this is it. I don't want to have any more credit card debt. So that was the first goal. And me and my husband set up a money plan for that. I just don't want this credit card debt anymore. It was just a cycle that I kept doing, which was transferring the balances to other credit cards. I was just running away from the debt. And I did that for many years after I graduated high school, I mean, well, college as well. I ran away from the debt. I didn't look at the debt that I owe for student loans. I just ran away from it. I was like, okay, I'll just get on an income-based repayment plan and I'm just not looking at it. So I wasn't looking at my numbers, which is one of the biggest mistakes if you're trying to pay down the debt. Hello world. Welcome to the Dreamers Podcast. I am Stephanie Annies, also known as Annies Wealth. I'm a financial coach and an author. I self-published my first book, Dream of Legacy, a guide to help dreamers reach financial independence and build generational wealth. In this podcast, I'll have conversations with experts and thought leaders who dare to follow their dreams. You'll hear about their journey and their money stories. I hope it inspires you, dreamers out there, to live life on your own terms. Come on, dreamers. Let's change the world. This podcast is brought to you by Dream of Legacy. Check out dreamoflegacy.com for resources, to assist you on your journey to financial independence. Before we get into today's episode, please take a couple minutes to go into Apple Podcasts if you're listening from an Apple device to rate and review the podcast. If you appreciate the free resources that are provided in this podcast, then the best way to let me know is to do just that. Reviews help the podcast be more visible and it helps other dreamers discover the podcast. So thank you. I appreciate you. And now let's get back to today's episode. Welcome to the Dreamers Podcast. My guest here today is Latasha Peterson. She is the founder of Arts and Budgets. Latasha is a globally recognized side hustle expert. She's a mom, a wife, and a blogging coach. She helps side hustlers create multiple streams of income. I believe Latasha has 10 income streams at this point, and she's been featured in Time, Next Advisor, CNBC, and many other publications. So I am very excited to have her today. Latasha, welcome to the Dreamers Podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to have you on the show today. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your experience or your views around money growing up? Yeah. So when I was growing up, money wasn't really talked about. So I saw a lot of debt. So to me, it was normal to see just people within my family just to use debt to pay off other debt, right? If you had a bill, you would just pay it off with some other debt. You can go get a payday loan or something along those lines. So I viewed money as no matter what you have to pay, you could always go get a loan or find some other debt to just pay it off and it'll be okay. I never learned about investing. I never learned about an emergency fund growing up. I never learned about any of that. And I think it was largely due that 
my family wasn't taught that either. So when I went to college, that's exactly what I did. I graduated with my master's degree, but also a ton of credit card and student loan debt to go with it. So at that point, I was just like, wow, there's got to be a better way. This cannot be life. So growing up, I think I really just never learned about the fundamentals of financial literacy. I never learned about how to budget, how to set up a budget, how to start investing and what does that look like, how to save and things like that. So I was really just unaware of how important financial literacy really is at a young age and going into college. You share that you paid off over $30,000 worth of debt in how long? In about 13 months. 13 months. So what changed? Like what made you think, hey, I actually need to pay off this debt. I need to change my approach when it comes to money and personal finance and even think about building wealth. Yeah. So it kind of shifted for me. I had a credit card that I was constantly just transferring the balance to, to different credit cards. One day I told my husband, that's it. This is it. I am not transferring this balance anymore. I am done with that. I began to read personal finance blogs. I started to learn about how to budget, how to manage money. And I said, this is it. I don't want to have any more credit card debt. So that was the first goal. And me and my husband set up a money plan for that. I just don't want this credit card debt anymore. It was just a cycle that I kept doing, which was transferring the balances to other credit cards. I was just running away from the debt. And I did that for many years after I graduated high school, I mean, well, college as well. I ran away from the debt. I didn't look at the debt that I owe for student loans. I just ran away from it. I was like, okay, I'll just get on an income-based repayment plan and I'm just not looking at it. So I wasn't looking at my numbers, which is one of the biggest mistakes if you're trying to pay down the debt, not knowing your numbers. But it just kind of clicked to me. And then after I had my first son, I wanted a different life for him. And then now I have three sons and it was just like, okay, I have to understand how to manage money. And I began to do a deep dive looking at personal finance blogs, like Bankrate and Nerd Wallet and things of that nature, really just to get a sense of how to actually do it. And for me, the biggest turnaround point was when I had my first child. Hmm. You see, a lot of people feel, I think, exactly how you felt, right? That whatever you learned as a child, it sticks with you. Hey, I'm not good with money. And it really takes some intentionality to change that and education and Obviously, your case shows that anybody can learn to get better with money. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah, it takes some dedication and it takes a shift in the mindset. It takes like, mm -hmm. okay, I am fed up. I don't want to live like this anymore. Something's got to change. And when individuals get to that point, stuff starts to shift and change. And you do what you can to shift it for sure. In Business Insider, you share that you went from making $450 a month through your blog, Arts and Budgets, to over 10K a month. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to do that? I want to say a good five years. But if I knew what I knew now, it could probably speed up the process, right? But a lot of trial and error, trying to figure out the strategy, trying to understand blogging, and then taking it at a step higher, understanding blogging as a business. It took me about five years to get to that point. What would you say are the key things to make a blog profitable? Absolutely. So I think one of the first things is making sure that you pick a niche that you're passionate about, but also a profitable niche if you want to monetize. So we're talking about, does this niche have a proven demand? Are people searching for this niche? Does it have a paying audience, right? So when I think of like a niche with a proven demand, I think of budgeting. If somebody wanted to just cover budgeting tips and things like that, 
there are a lot of people looking on how to budget, right? I was just talking about that. They need to learn how to budget and how to manage money. So if someone was going into the niche of, let's say, paying off debt and budgeting, that's a profitable niche because it has a paying audience. People are looking for budget planners. They're looking for budget books. They're looking for education to help them become better budgeters. So that's when I say, like, does it have a paying audience? Are people paying for products and services for this niche? Another thing is to identify your target audience. Who are you talking to in these blog posts? Are you talking to moms who just have babies who are stressed out because they're trying to figure out the whole new mom thing? Or are you talking to men who want to learn how to rock climb, right? So really identifying your target audience can help you know what type of blog posts you should write. And a big part of it is keyword research. So when I say keyword research, now you need to find keywords that your target audience is searching for directly on, let's say, a platform like Ahrefs or keysearch.co, you need to find out what exactly are the topics that they're covering or the topics that they need right now. And then start creating that content, create high quality, valuable content, and staying consistent is a big one too. Got it. How many views do you get a month on average to be able to hit five figures in uh, monthly income? Yeah. So Currently, my blog gets over 100,000 monthly page views per month. Some months it may be 110, 120, but at least over 100,000 page views. How did you go about increasing the traffic? Oh, yeah. So I utilize Pinterest. A lot of people are asleep on Pinterest, but Pinterest is such a good platform. Pinterest was my bread and butter when I first started out. It's a great platform to actually start generating traffic to your site a little bit quicker than SEO. SEO is another area that I focus on as well. But Pinterest is good if you're new to blogging and you want to see some type of traffic within the next, I would say, three to six months. So Pinterest is one of the platforms that I use to boost traffic. Before we hit record, you mentioned that you just had your highest revenue month, right? 1K in revenue. I'm curious to hear some of the things that you implemented between last year when you were at 10K and now. Yeah. So I started working with more brands on sponsored posts. And then last year, I didn't have the course until the end of the year. This year, I started working with the business coach with my course, Black for Profit Academy, and my income started to increase working with her and joining her program as well. But I started to implement just more technique to the course on selling the course for Black for Profit Academy. And it did really well this past weekend. Got it. So... In Black Enterprise, you shared that you were on a mission to build a million-dollar business. Is it going to be through your blog or other avenues? Me and my husband do have additional avenues, but I do believe that the blog will hit a million. I'm just having faith for that. I'm believing God for that. We do want to open up other businesses as well. We also have like an entertainment blog called One Flow Entertainment as well. But the main focus for me is definitely arts and budgets. It's always good when people speak things into existence, right? Yeah. So that, you know, a few years or even next year, we can go back and be like, hey, yeah. she actually said that on the Dreamers podcast. Yes, and it actually happened. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> yeah, right. So what are the key steps to turn a side hustle? Because this started as a side hustle for you. Yes. Into a successful business. So I think the first thing is really figuring out, okay, conducting the research, figuring out who are some other people who have done this. What did they do? Learning from other people. You know, a lot of people say, oh, that's my competition. But you could actually learn from a lot of people too, just by reading books and things like that and just being supportive. Like I'm so big on supporting other people, but a big part of it is uh, gaining knowledge and conducting research on 
What's the startup cost? How much can I actually make with this side hustle? What do I have to do to get set up? Do I have to buy a new computer? Do I have to set up different templates? Do I have to get a web hosting? What are the things that I need to do? And then how can I implement and set up goals, weekly goals that I can accomplish these little tasks that I may have to make this side hustle successful? A big thing is staying consistent. Now, even though when you start a side hustle, you may not see instant results, but if you stick with it and keep learning and keep tweaking and keep switching up what you need to switch up, something is going to open up, right? A lot of people give up and say, okay, I don't see the instant results, but Mm -hmm. if you could just stick with it, you know, I didn't make any money the first year I was blogging, none at all, but I kept going. I kept pushing. I kept tweaking what I was doing, trying to figure out what's going to work. What's not going to work? Who is my target audience? Now I know a little bit more about my target audience. Now I can start creating the right products and the right services. So I think a large part of it as well is staying consistent, even when you don't see the instant results. Hmm. So you started with the blog and you've now built nine additional streams of income. Do you mind sharing what those are? Yeah. So working with brands on sponsor posts, affiliate marketing, display ads, public speaking at events and like speaking at online events, one-on-one coaching. I have group coaching. I also had some physical products that I was selling that was like t-shirts and things like that with like, this says debt freedom and I choose the freedom, which is debt free, being debt free, digital products, which is like my course block for profit Academy. And also my side hustle to freedom ebook. It seems that most of them at least are somehow related to your blog, right? Yes. I think that's so important because we keep hearing you have to have multiple streams of income. You need to have at least seven and all that stuff. And I think a lot of times people think that you need to go start seven different businesses when really you can diversify within one business or two business. You don't have to try to start seven, 10 different businesses all at once. That's so true. Yep. That's it right there. Like, like figure out what you're already doing and try to monetize that because everybody has something that they are doing. What can you do to monetize that, right? If you're a great speaker and you're always speaking, maybe you can monetize that. Oh, and another income stream is freelance writing that I do. If you're a good writer, maybe you could pick up some freelance writing jobs, right? So it's always something that we can do. We all have a great skill set and many talents. So it's like figuring that out. Obviously, you teach people how to create profitable side hustles, right? What are some of the side hustles that don't require too much as far as like a monetary investment up front? Yes. So I would say freelance writing is a good one. It's a great one to get it started with. Tutoring is a great one too. If individuals are looking to tutor in a subject that they have an expertise in. Also virtual assistant, you can actually get started as a virtual assistant for low cost as well. Starting a blog. Blogging is more of a long-term game though. You may not see the instant money right there, but it has great rewards, I believe. And it's also a low cost to start as well. Those are like some of the best ones that I feel like are worth, like can have a good return on investment and doesn't cost a lot of money upfront to get started with it. You have 16 people that just joined your academy, right? When teaching them how to make money or have a profitable side hustle. Let's say I'm one of those students. What's the best advice you could give me in terms of how to create additional streams of income? Oh, yeah. So I would say, look into what you're already monetizing. The students that just joined Blog for Profit Academy, all are trying to figure out how can they monetize their blogs, right? So we're going over many different ways that you can monetize your blog without hurting your bank, right? 
you could get started with affiliate marketing basically for like no money, right? Joining like the affiliate marketing programs and then start promoting them on your blog. You can also start creating a digital product and people are not aware of this, but you could tap into that. What is something that you could package into an ebook? What is something that you can package into an ebook that you can sell to your target audience? So in my course, I teach a lot about how can we pick up these multiple streams of income through this blog side hustle and it doesn't hurt your bank, you know, and that has the biggest return on investment. So as far as affiliate marketing is concerned, is there like a website where people can have access to different companies or how do you go about it? Yes. So for affiliate marketing, I recommend sites such as ShareSale. Flex Offer is another one. Amazon Associates is another affiliate marketing program. And these are three of some of the bigger affiliate marketing programs. Also, CJ Affiliates is another one. And basically, you're going on these platforms and looking for products and services that fit with your niche and your brand. If you are a budgeting blogger, then you might become affiliate for budgeting apps, right, that you have used that you would actually recommend. The biggest part about affiliate marketing is that you actually use these products before, and these are products that you would actually recommend to other people. Love it. So let's say I'm listening to you and I am ready to start making money as a site hustler. Can you give me five steps that I can take today to take action? Yes. So the first thing I would say is get a piece of paper or pull up a Google Doc, write down your skill sets and all of your talents, okay? What are the things that people come to you for help for all the time? Okay, then after that, what you're going to do is you're going to do some quick research with those skills and talents and your passions, right? And the things that people come to you for help for. We're going to find side hustles that align with those skills and talents. So we're going to do a quick Google search. And let's say you're a good writer. So you may say, okay, maybe that freelance writing side hustle is good. You're going to type in freelance writer and start getting like, maybe the pay rate or where to find freelance writing jobs. And we're going to conduct research to see how much it's going to cost to start, what is needed to start, where to even look for freelance writing jobs. And we're going to dive in deep for that. And you want to get at least five different side hustles. From there, you can narrow down after you do your research and maybe look at one or two. And then after that, once you find one or two that you're really interested in, start getting the stuff to prepare for the side hustle. Okay, so that's like the third step. Start getting like, if it's freelance writing, do you have to join different boards to actually put up that you are a freelance writer? Do you have a portfolio of your writing? Getting all of that together. So making sure everything is mapped out and you're set up correctly. And then after that, if you are, let's say, going into the freelance writer side hustle, maybe joining boards like ProBlogger you know, joining sites like Upwork and looking on freelancer.com because people are constantly looking for freelance writers and you can go in there and start pitching yourself as a freelance writer and having your portfolio and things like that because you've already gotten everything together. So then it's time to hit the road and start doing an actual footwork, joining the boards for side hustlers such as freelancer.com and Upwork and Fiverr.com and things of that nature and really seeing what's out there and then staying consistent with that. And then you can start making some money from your skills and talents. Now, that's what you call actionable items. So (laughs) I always do rapid fire questions at the end too. Yes. So tell me, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, what's a book that changed your perspective on life? Wow. Let me see here. I would have to say It was a book more so about marriage. (laughs) It was called Fighting the Hero in Your Husband. And I read that book to the beginning to the end, but it changed my whole perspective of how just to communicate and work as a team in a marriage. What's one life lesson you had to learn the hard way? 
oh my God, okay, taking out student loan debt and learning that you need to learn about the different type of student loans that you're getting. You need to learn about interest. And to me, that was just a hard pill to swallow and in a very expensive lesson to learn, but definitely taking out the student loan debt, but then learning about financial literacy from that and then learning about student loans and what interest is and unsubsidized and subsidized loans and learning about all that terms and everything was definitely a hard lesson to learn on the way. What's one thing about money you wish you could tell your younger self? This is a great question. I would say learn about financial literacy, learn about how to invest early, learn about how to save, learn about money management. It's going to save you so much time and it's going to save you so much in the future if you learn this at 18. If you learn this at 17, 16, if you learn this now, do you know where you can be at 40, at 30, at 25? Do you know where you can be if you start investing at 18? So I would definitely say that. I wish I could say that to my younger self. What's the best investment in yourself you've made so far? I would definitely say starting this blog, taking that $150 investment and starting this blog because now I'm creating a financial dream life, not only for myself, but now I'm able to invest for my children along with my husband. We just set up investment accounts for our children. So now we're changing that. We want to leave generational wealth. So when my kids are 18 and they can look back and say, wow, we have this, but also giving them the knowledge that I didn't get. What I just said about how I wish somebody would have taught me about investing and saving and managing money is what we're teaching them now at five, at three, and at two, trying to teach them about money. And as they get older, we're just teaching them financial literacy and what to do, how to manage money, how to set up a budget, how to save, and how to just manage money at a very young age. So what I didn't learn, I'm teaching everything to them along with my husband. I love it. That's how we change the narrative. Really. That's it. That's it. That's it. And that's what we truly and really want to do. Fill in the blank in three words or less. Money to me is... Very important. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. What do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be great and kind. Latasha, thank you so much for coming on the show and dropping gems. Please tell the dreamers where they can find you if they want to learn more about you and all the things that you're doing. Absolutely. You can find me at artsandbudgets.com. You can also find me at Instagram slash artsandbudgets. You can find me on Twitter as artsandbudgets and also Facebook as artsandbudgets too. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye. That was Latasha Peterson. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Dreamers Podcast. You can find the episode show notes and all of the links mentioned at dreamoflegacy.com. If you liked today's episode, here's what you can do to support me and help more dreamers discover the podcast. Follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate and review the podcast to help the podcast gain more visibility. Share the podcast with your family, friends, and coworkers. And if you really enjoyed today's episode, please take a second to tag me at thedreamers.podcast on Instagram and let me know what you liked about today's episode. All right, dreamers, that's it for today. I will see you back here next week for another episode of The Dreamers Podcast. Okay, dreamers, time to build this legacy. This podcast is for general information purposes only.
It is not intended to provide any tax, legal, financial planning, insurance, accounting, investment, or any other kind of professional advice or services. Please consult with an appropriate tax, financial, or legal professional to receive appropriate advice based on your situation. Sunday Skincare Day is one of the ways I keep my sanity in these crazy times. Jumino is an all-natural, black-owned skincare brand carefully handcrafted by parents who could not find the proper care solutions to address their family skin problems. All Jumino products are made of organic and high-quality ingredients meticulously chosen to give your skin the smooth results and the glow it deserves. 